You're listening to New Life Washington Podcast. We pray this sermon encourages you and builds up your faith. It's our goal to help you live so that no one misses the grace of God. Enjoy the sermon. We are continuing our series on the book of Jonah, and we know that the book of Jonah is one of those books that pretty much everybody knows a little bit about, right? You bring it up somewhere and say, hey, you know, we're studying the book of Jonah in church, and somebody is going to say, oh, the book about the guy who got swallowed by the whale, right? And everybody has a little bit of knowledge of that, right? They've seen it in cartoons growing up. They've heard about it, right? And, and it's almost like this fictional tale for a lot of people of this guy who got swallowed by a whale, right? It's up there with Alice in Wonderland and all these different things, right? And as we look at books sometimes as kids, we have these images of what it looks like to be swallowed by a whale and this image of what it looks like for Jonah and the whale, and it's interesting because, man, this whale has a big smile on his face, right? He's just a happy as can be little whale. Jonah is looking like he's um, doing some kind of yoga or something, right? He's about to do a downward dog pose or something. And, and not only that, but he's looking like, man, he is in the most comfortable place ever. There's like a f- fridge fully stocked in there and stuff. Like he's just ready to go to town, you know, like, hey, this is perfect, right? I'm, I'm like in Hawaii in here. And so, we have these images, right, of, of what Jonah in the book looks like, and it's these kid stories at times, and we have to find a way to package the stories in a way to teach our kids, but as we communicate this story in here and as we communicate this message, realize that um, the Bible has a little bit of a different story, a little bit of a more accurate story that we're going to be getting into, and the thing that I really love about this story of Jonah is that throughout the story, God is communicating his great love for us. He's communicating his great patience with us, and I need patience. He's communicating his great grace for us. He's communicating that at times when we're not on mission with what he's wanting to do, that he helps us get there. And there's just a lot of great lessons in this book that I'm really excited about. But it's an intense story of a man running from the mission of God that God sent him on. And last week, as we began this series, there were two major takeaways of what we talked about. And the first one was that the heart of the father is one that wants to be involved in communicating with his children. And we know that God wants to communicate with us. It's his desire to speak into our lives. So he's using Jonah to speak into the lives of the Ninevites. He's using Jonah to speak into the life of the Israelites. He's using Jonah to speak into lives. Not only that, but God wants to communicate into your life. And as you come to church on Sundays, God wants to communicate to you. As you open your Bible throughout the week, God wants to use that to communicate to you. As you pray, God wants to use that to communicate. In every avenue of your life, God is trying to communicate with you because he loves you. He's a father, and fathers love to communicate with their children. Number two last week, we talked about it doesn't matter how spiritual we've been in the past or what our title is, whether we're pastor, prophet, whatever it is, we can all go off track and become misaligned like Jonah. That it doesn't matter, right? It doesn't matter how long we've been in church, how long we've sat in these pews, that at any moment, right, our hearts can begin to misalign. So we have to constantly work on our relationship with God, constantly draw near to him, constantly align our hearts back with him. And we see in this story that Jonah has a heart that's misaligned, and, and it's misaligned, and he's running from God. And it's easy for us to get to this place where our hearts get misaligned, we start running from God, And then we just keep running. We just keep running, right? If we think about even back to Adam and Eve, right? They mess up and then they run. 
They mess up and they run. And a lot of us have this similar pattern where we mess up one time and we spend the rest of the week running from the Lord. We spend the rest of the week running from God. And here we have Jonah who decides to make a decision and he runs. And not only does he run, but I want us to see in this story that he runs and it becomes a downward spiral. Things get out of control a little bit for him. Things continue to move downward. And here we are in this place as we begin this next part of this story where the big thing that we're going to see in this is that as God's people, sometimes we attempt to thwart God's plans. Don't we do that? I want you to think about that because that sounds a little intense, right? Like, why would I try to thwart God's plans? He's God. It's his plans. He's big. He's mighty. There's no way that I could ever thwart (coughs) that I could ever thwart his plans. There's no way possible. But we do it. And let me give you some examples of the way that we do it, just to give you an idea before we get into the text. There's times where, like Jonah, God has called you and I to do something, right? Sometimes it's big things, sometimes it's small things. Sometimes it might be, hey, I'm calling you to lead a Bible study at your work. I'm calling you to uh, head up the kids' ministry. I'm, I'm calling you to get involved in the first impressions team because you're a friendly person. I'm calling you to do A, Y, Z, whatever it is, fill in the blank for you that God's calling you to do something that involves his kingdom. And you're saying, no, no, thank you, God. That's a little out of my comfort zone. God, that's a little tough for me, God. That's a little, I don't really have enough time for that right now, God. We've all been there, right? I've I've been there. I've done it. And, And let me tell you what that translates because we don't realize it at the time, but subconsciously what we're saying is, God, my plan is more important than your plan. Yes, God, it's your plan to use me to make a difference in this area that you're calling me to make a difference in, and it's part of your plan to be able to do that, but I don't care. I don't care. And what we're doing is unintentionally slowing down the plans of God by not getting on board with what he's trying to do in your life. We're slowing it down and we're saying, nope, let me do my own thing. Let me not be a part of what you're asking me to do, God. And we're slowing down what God is trying to do in your life and through you. And there's people that you're robbing the blessing of your ministry from, right? The people that would be blessed because of you. People whose lives would be changed because of you and you're robbing them from that gift because you're not willing to say, yes, God, Yes, God, I'll jump in. God's people sometimes attempt to thwart his plans. The number two here is that God wants me to reconcile with this person, but I'm not doing it. It's part of God's plan for you to reconcile with somebody, right? For you to uh, work out forgiveness in a relationship with somebody, but you're saying, nope, not gonna do it, God. And it's God's plan for you guys to reconcile. It's God's plan for you guys to be a part of each other's life. It's God's plan, but you're saying, nope, I don't want to do it, God. I don't want to do it. And we're slowing down the plans of God in our life. So this is what Jonah is doing. He's attempting to thwart God's plan. God's wanting to use him to preach to the Ninevites. He's wanting to use them to make a difference. But he's saying, nope, I'm not doing it, God. And he slows down and attempts to thwart God's plan. 
So today we're going to begin here in Jonah chapter 1. We're going to begin in verse 4. We're going to go all the way to verse 17. I know it's a lot of verses, but hang in there with me today because uh, it's some good stuff. So let's begin to read here in Jonah chapter 1, verse 4. It says, Then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea, and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. All the sailors were afraid, and each cried out to his own God. And they threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the ship. So get the picture here, okay? There's this huge storm. They're on this ship that Jonah's trying to run away from God in. And in fact, anytime you try to run away from God, it's like a magical door opens up for you to be able to do it. And a magical door opened up for Jonah to be able to jump on a ship and take off somewhere. And so here he is in the middle of this ocean in this ship, and there's a wild, wild storm. And as he's on this wild, wild storm, it says that the sailors are afraid. These are sailors. These are guys who are used to being in the ocean with storms. They're used to this moment. They're used to it. They're not usually afraid of a little storm. This is a big storm. This is something to be afraid of. They're afraid for their lives. They're throwing stuff that matters off the boat so that they could stay alive. This is what they're doing. But I want you to go back to the beginning of this. It says, who sent this wind? Who sent this storm? It says, then the Lord sent a great wind of the sea. And such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. And I just want to note that real quick, okay? That who sent that? God sent that, right? God sent that, okay? But at the same time, I don't want us to hear in this moment that every storm God, every storm that comes your way is something that God sent. In this specific situation, God's trying to get Jonah back on track, so he sends a mighty wind. But as we continue on, it says, but Jonah had gone below deck where he lay down and fell into a deep sleep. The captain went to him and said, how can you sleep? Get up and call on your God. Maybe he will take notice of us so that we will not perish. So we have this Jonah guy who's supposed to care about others. He's a prophet, right? He'd be the Christian in the story. He'd be the guy that's supposed to be caring about others, but nope, he's asleep at the bottom of the boat, not caring about anybody but himself. And it's the guy in this story, who's not supposed to care about anybody, this pagan sailor who comes in and asks him to start praying. So it's backwards here, right? The prophet's not praying. The pagan's praying. It's this backwards story, right? And it's almost like the writer of Jonah is using some literary things to make fun of this story a little bit. It's a true story. But he's saying, Listen, this is weird. The pagans praying, the prophets sleeping. What's going on here? How can you sleep, Jonah? Get up and call on your God. Then the sailors said to each other, come, let us cast lots to find out who's responsible for this calamity. They cast lots and the lot fell on Jonah. So they asked him, tell us who is responsible for making all this trouble for us. What kind of work do you do? Where do you come from? What is your country? From what people are you? So they're figuring out here that Jonah's part of the problem. And he answers, I'm a Hebrew. I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea 
in the dry land. But is he really? Is he really following after the Lord? And it's one of these things, guys, where there's these moments in our lives when we're running away from the Lord, when we're running away from him, right? That there's people in our lives that are watching us. And at this moment, Jonah is saying, I worship the Lord. But they're not seeing anything different about him. They're not seeing anything in his life that would indicate that he's a worshiper of the Lord. He's running from the Lord. This terrified them. And they asked, what have you done? They knew he was running away from the Lord because he already told them so. And the sea was getting rougher and rougher. So they asked him, what should we do to make the sea calm down for us? And Jonah says, pick me up and throw me into the sea. He replied, and it will become calm. I know that it's my fault that this great storm has come upon you. So at least in this place, right, we're not sure what Jonah's mindset is. But at this time, we can think either he's being suicidal. He's saying, hey, I really don't want to do what God's asking me to do. Just throw me off the boat so I don't have to do it. Or he's actually caring a little bit about these guys. And he's saying, hey, the only way we're going to be able to do this, the only way you're going to be able to survive is if you throw me off the boat. But instead, the men did their best to row back to land. The men had compassion. But they could not, for the sea grew even wilder than before. Then they cried out to the Lord, Please, Lord, do not let us die for taking this man's life. Do not hold us accountable for killing an innocent man. For you, Lord, have done as you please. Then they took Jonah and threw him overboard, and the raging sea grew calm. At this, the men greatly feared the Lord, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows to him. This final verse, Now the Lord provided a huge fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights. So powerful little passage here, and there's some things that we need to dive into. Because I said at the beginning of this, right, there's this mindset at times that we have that everything bad that happens to us is God sending that thing to punish us, okay? And in this story, we can see that a little bit. We can see Jonah running off course and God sending a storm to get him back on track. And I want to say that this is a, this is a one-time, I wouldn't say a one-time thing. This isn't something that happens all the time, okay? So the storm that you are facing right now is not always an indicator that there's something wrong happening in your life. And I think so often when we're facing a storm, we're searching ourselves and asking, what am I doing wrong? God, why are you punishing me? What did I do? But there is some instances when we're running from God's will for our lives that he's going to discipline us to effectively bring us back where he wants us to be in our call with him. And that's very different. So it's not God caused this death to happen in my life so that I could come back. It's not pointing to that every time. It's not our place even, right, to try to indicate that. But it's this time, right, where we can see in Jonah's life that he's running from the Lord and God sends the storm. Let me, let me give you an example in my own life. I'm 16 years old. God calls me into the ministry, okay? I'm at a camp in West Texas somewhere, San Angelo, and I'm worshiping the Lord. In the middle of worshiping the Lord, God says, Jesse, I want you to go into full-time ministry. And my reaction is this, Lord, what? Me? I think you got the wrong guy. I'm a shy kid. I don't want to do anything publicly. I don't want to stand on a stage. I don't want to 
go to a hospital room and pray for somebody out loud. I don't want to do any of those things that a pastor does. Lord, me? I think you meant to send that to my friend Josh who's standing next to me, right? He's already speaking in front of people. He's already praying for people in the hospital. He's already doing all those things that I'm going to have to do down the road. So, Lord, just let me move him over a little bit, right? And you say that again to him instead of me. And from the very beginning, right, I'm running from this calling. I'm running from it. I'm saying, no, Lord, send someone else. You got the wrong guy. Except I gave in just a little bit. I said, okay, Lord, maybe you can develop me. Maybe you can grow me a little bit. And so for the next couple of years, right, I dove headfirst into it. But at some point, I got scared. I thought, God, there's no way. This is too much. And I ran away from the Lord. And I ran away from God's plan and his purpose for my life. And I got into things that I shouldn't have gotten into. And I tried to do everything I could to pursue the things of this world, to experience all of it, right? To be able to have some fun. And at this time in my life, as moments, as months and months went on, I thought, man, I'm, I'm so depressed. I remember just experiencing all these things. And at first it was fun. And then suddenly it was just downward spiral, just like Jonah's experiencing. And my life was just getting out of control. And I couldn't keep a job anymore. And I couldn't stay in school. I was in college at the time. Got kicked out. And it was just downward spiral of thing after thing and relational issues and parents saying, we're going to kick you out because you don't have a job, you're not going to school. You're sleeping until two every day. We've got to fix this. And my life was out of control. And I remember coming to this place of desperation, this place of saying, God, is there any way that you can pull me out of this mess? Is there any way that you could just do something in my life? Is there any way? And if you do that, God, if you, if you pull me out of this mess, I'll live for you. I'll live for you. And I remember during this storm that I was experiencing during that time that I had caused, right, that I got to a place of such desperation that I would be willing to move anywhere, that I would be willing to do anything to get out of the situation that I was in. Previously, I would have stayed there forever. I would have stayed in Carlsbad, New Mexico to stay near to my brothers, to stay near to my parents. But because of that storm, I was willing to move. I was willing to go somewhere else. And one day the phone rang and a guy from Dallas, Texas is on the other end. And he says, hey, we've got this ministry internship and we train future pastors and we want you to come and we want you to be a part of it. I said, well, do you, do you know kind of what's going on in my life? And he said, yeah, I, we know. Yeah, we've talked to people. We know exactly what's going on in your life and we want you to come anyways. We believe God's got a call in your life that God wants to use you and we want to train you up and we want to send you off in that calling. And friends, I can't tell you how life-changing that program was for me, how life-changing that internship was for me. I went on to spend 10 years at that church serving as a pastor before coming here. And God did something in my life. But if it wasn't for the storm... If it wasn't for that storm, I would have never gone to Dallas. I would have never made that decision to surrender to the Lord. And Jonah's finding himself in this place, in this story. He's finding himself in the middle of a storm 
that God has sent his way to get him back on track on the mission that he has for him. And as I said before, not every storm God is sending your way because he's trying to get you back on track. There are storms that come in our life just because of the sinful world that we live in, right? We live in a jacked up world. And there's storms that come because of that that are not caused by God. But in this story, in this situation, this storm, God is bringing. God provides the storm, but God also provides the fish to swallow Jonah. And God is providing for him every step of the way. And the lesson that we can get from my story, the lesson that we can get from Jonah's story is that even when we attempt to thwart God's plans, we cannot change the course. That we cannot change the course. And I'm so glad that God is so patient with us. I'm so glad that along the way as we're getting off course from the mission and the plan that he has for us, that he nudges us. And if we don't listen to the nudge, he gives us a big nudge. And if we don't listen to that, right, he pulls us back on track. And I'm so glad that he's willing to do that because any father would do that for their kids because they love them, right? If you see your kid veering off track, you would forcefully get them back on track. You would do whatever you could to get them back on the mission and the plan that you want to see them on. And so God is a good father and he's working these things out to get us back on track. And in this season, what we need to understand is that God's plan is better for us than any other plan. So the plan that you're thinking in your head right now is better than God's plan? Man, it, has, it is not good compared to God. And the visualization that I got as I was standing there worshiping earlier is I had this image of good on this side, bad on this side. And what we do is we at times run away from good. We run away. God's trying to bless us. God's sending these things to try to bless us by walking in his plan and his purpose for our lives. And what we do is we run in the opposite direction towards bad. And we see that in Jonah's life, downward spiral in this bad direction. And we think we know better. And we think our plan is greater. But we find ourselves destructing our lives. And God is on this side saying, hey, I'm just trying to bless you. I'm just trying to use you. I'm just trying to give, a, give you a plan and a purpose for your life. Why are you running from it? Why are you running from what I want to do in your life? Even when we attempt to thwart God's plans, we cannot change the course. He grabs a hold of us. He pulls us in the right direction. Will you allow him to pull you in the right direction? So what is it in your life today that needs to change? What is it in your life that you need to say, you know what, God, I'm going to stop I'm going to stop running. I'm going to stop running from you and I'm going to surrender to what you're trying to do, what you're trying to accomplish because your ways are better than my ways. Your ways are higher than my ways. And Lord, I'm going to put my trust in you completely. That's what God is calling us to do today. Thanks for listening. For more information about New Life Washington, check out our website at newlifeonline.org. God bless.